Good morning, everyone. And a very warm welcome to, to worship with Paisley St. George's on Sunday the 10th of October. Do you let me notice something missing this morning? The children. It's the October week, and I think they're, they're on holiday. So, And I think that I will keep the little bit for the time with the children for another day because it's really geared to them. So I hope you'll forgive me for that. But I'd like to just remind you gently that when we stand to sing, we require to wear a face covering unless exempt. And I will read the rest of the intimations further into the service. Our help comes from the Lord, the same God who made heaven and earth. The Lord who rules the waves is ever present. God does not rest from caring for us. As we join with all creation in singing praises to God our creator, let us welcome one another, for we all bear the image of God. So before we sing our first hymn, let's turn and say hello to the folks around us. Now, make sure you smile with your eyes and your eyebrows, and you can wave as well. And now let's worship God by standing, if able to sing hymn number 198, Let Us Build a House Where Love Can Dwell, hymn 198.
And now let's come to God in prayer. Let's pray. Ever creating, ever transforming God, from the tops of the hills to the depths of the oceans, your presence is known throughout the earth, stretching to the deepest reaches of space, yet closer than the breath in our lungs. We rejoice in the blessings you bestow upon us. You are the guide at our left hand, the shade on our right, so that whenever we walk in dark valleys, whenever we are afraid of the future or are troubled by the past, you are steadfast in your care for us. You made each of us in your image, crafting us from mud and stardust, and yet we can neglect this divine spark in ourselves and in others. Lord, have mercy. You do not rest from loving the world, yet we can become complacent in caring for others and for ourselves. Christ, have mercy. Your concern has always been for the poorest and the outcast, urging us always towards true justice and deep peace. Yet we often worry only about our own interests and our own desires. Lord, have mercy. Merciful God, you know our weaknesses and our struggles, and you do not hold them against us as we seek your forgiveness for our lack of care, we ask that you would continue to transform our hearts and souls so that we might see with your eyes and love with your heart, seeking always to protect the most vulnerable. For we do so following in the steps of Christ Jesus, our teacher, saviour and Lord, who taught us to pray together saying, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever. Amen. So, mine is the, young, the younger folks. Let's sing again. Let's sing from St George's Praise, the blue book. He's got the whole world in his hands. St George's Praise number 10. He's got the whole world in his hands.
I would now like to invite Moira and Irene to tell us a bit about the work that's being done both here in Cossyside on a Sunday and in the Outreach Centre on Thursday afternoons, the work that's been done with our young folk. So Moira, I couldn't see you there Moira, thank you. I'd like to thank you for giving me the opportunity to come and tell you about, about the Lighthouse Club. As you know, it was kind of started with the joining of the churches and it's held at the Mission Church up in Glenburn. The Lighthouse Club was kind of started with discussions about what we could do for the community and we felt there was a need to do something for the children of the community. The Lighthouse Club is for children um, from P2 to P6 and we hold it on a Thursday between four o'clock and quarter past five. We do a lot of activities, we play a lot of games um, and I have often chuckle sometimes when we're doing the games because I don't think any of my helpers are below 60 and it kind of brings, takes us back to the days when we used to play these games, but now we get told, no, we play it this way, they do such and such, so we're all learning. Um, we play games and we also do crafts. So recently they have been home with fish plates, they have been home with bulbs to plant, and they've been home with um, decapitated bodies which they have put together again. <laughs> Uh, encompassing uh, that every part of you is needed. Um, I don't know about my helpers, but certainly I have enjoyed uh, starting the club and it just gives me a great deal of pleasure seeing the young people coming in and, you know, finding a place that they can come and they can enjoy. Our numbers are low at the moment, but they are increasing. Um, one of the ladies that come on Thursday has, she stays locally and she did say that there was a need for our club there so she is going to hopefully spread the word and that will bring more children in. But the children have been coming in, seem to enjoy it uh, and they've been coming every single week which is always a really good thing. So, you know, if anybody knows of any children that you know, they think would enjoy coming to to it, please, please feel free to say to them. And we also keep, you know, in line with COVID and regulations and also safeguarding regulations. So, Moira, can I ask why you called it the Lighthouse Club? Well, it's so the young people can shine their light. So it's so the young people can shine their light. So when they come to us, uh, because we are Christians, we don't kind of like push it, but subtly we kind of mention, you know, about Jesus and what Jesus done. And just recently, um, I kind of had a sort of a mental sort of thing moment, and I uh, took them, um, the children, on what we maybe call as a virtual hike up a mountain. And we kind of, um, when we got to the end of it, actually an avalanche happened in between everything. And when we got to the end of it, I kind of said to the wee boy that was here, I went, when you did this, I kept you safe. I said, I made sure you were safe. And I told him, I said, well, I said, I have somebody that keeps me safe. And I brought in God and Jesus. And just subtly and wee bits like that, we kind of get the message of Christianity across to them. 
Thank you, Moira. And you've also got the most magnificent lighthouse, haven't you? Yes. It was too big to bring down, I think. It's lovely, and we have a lovely big banner um, that we put outside when the, the lighthouse club's on as well. So, so thank you very much, Moira. And I'd now like to invite Irene to tell us a bit more about the changes that have been happening on a Sunday morning. So what are we doing with our young people here on a Sunday morning, or your young people? Over the last two or three years, our biggest problem has been staff that would be here every week. We decided things would have to change, and this was the ideal time to change. Linda Galvin, who is sitting down here, that's her there, had a list of people who, who might be willing to work with children. So we decided that perhaps we could divide into teams of three or four who would be available for a month at a time. We held a meeting during the summer and it was agreed that this idea should be tried. But what materials should we use? Having looked around, we came across godly play. Godly play is what Jerome Berryman calls his interpretation of Montessori religious education. It's an imaginative approach for working with children, an approach that supports, challenges, nourishes, and guides their spiritual quest. It's more akin to spiritual guidance than to what we generally think of as religious education. Godly play assumes that children have some experience of the mystery of the presence of God in their lives, but they lack the language, permission, and understanding to express and enjoy that in our culture. In godly play, we enter into parables, silence, sacred stories, and liturgical action in order to discover the depths of God, ourselves, one another, and the world around us. To help understand what godly play is, we can also take a look at what godly play is not. First, godly play is not a complete children's program. Christmas pageants, holiday Bible school, children's choirs, children's and youth groups, parent-child retreats, picnics, service opportunities, weekday programs, and other components of a full and vibrant children's ministry are all important and are not in competition with godly play. What godly play contributes to the glorious mix of activities is the heart of the matter. The art of knowing and knowing how to use the language of the Christian people to make meaning about life and death. Godly play is different from many other approaches to children's work with scripture. One popular approach is having fun with scripture. That's an approach we might find in many church school pageants, holiday Bible schools, or other such suggested children's activities. Having fun with scripture is fine, but children also need deeply respectful experiences with scripture if they're to fully enter into its power. If we leave out the heart of the matter, we risk trivializing the Christian way of life and will miss the profound satisfaction of discovery, a kind of fun that keeps us truly alive. Godly play lessons are meant to be learned by heart, not memorized. 
When a story sinks into your heart, it also comes from your heart in the telling. Children know the difference. When we present the story from the heart, it removes the distraction of having to look at two different places, the text and the materials. As you present the story, focusing your visual attention on the materials helps you remember the language. It gives the children only one place to look at the story materials. This focuses their attention as well as yours. Parents naturally want to know what goes on during godly play session. The best way to explain is to show you. And that's why we've got this here today. Irene, give me a minute. I'm going to come and sit and watch this. This is what is called the materials. And we start off, now I'll hold them up. If you want to come and sit in the front, that's fine. <laughs> Don't know if the choir might want to move. <laughs> so, this is, and every lesson has materials. So the children watch what happens in the story. They don't watch the teller of the story. They watch the materials. So, to start this one, This is the desert, and the desert is a very dangerous place. It gets very hot during the day and very cold at night. People only go to the desert if they have to. So if the wind blows, they have to cover their mouth, their ears, their nose, and any paths that are there are completely lost. So people get lost in the desert. So that's the one place where it's very dangerous. There's nothing much grows, there's no water, and very little food. However, the people of God, led by Moses, and here we have Moses, the people of God have been told by Moses that they must cross this desert to find the promised land. So Moses leads them and there are various characters who make up the people of God. And they trek through the desert and they're helped by God with food and water. Eventually, as they cross the desert, they come to a mountain and the people are a bit scared of the mountain because it's smoky and on fire and they don't really want to go too near it. But Moses said, okay, I'll go up the mountain. So Moses goes up the mountain and the higher he gets up the mountain, the nearer he is to God. And the higher he goes up the mountain, the nearer God is to him. So he's away for quite a long time. 
And when he comes back, he arouses all the people who have just been lying relaxing and says, I've got a present here. And he presents this box. Now, it's quite heavy, and nobody knows quite what's in it. But when we open it, we discover that it's stone. Right, what kind of good is this to us? Stones. However, each stone has something written on it. This one says, don't kill. Oh, Moses has fallen off the mountain. <laughs> or about that. <laughs> God loves us. Don't even want what others have. Don't steal. Honour your parents. Don't lie. Love God. Oh, it's a weird you that knocks him down that time, I think. <laughs> Don't serve other gods. Make no idols to worship. Be serious when you say my name. And love people. Now, as you can gather, there are ten of these and we know them as the ten commandments but for this story they're called the ten best ways to live your life so what we do or what we, will, we haven't done this lesson with the children yet what we will do with them is ask them which of these would be easy to do now, we don't know what we'll get from them. <laughs> or which would be really hard to do? For instance, it says don't kill. But if the children eventually join the army and the army goes to war and so on, some of them might have to kill. So it's not going to be easy. None of it's going to be easy. But maybe the best that we can do is the best that we can do. So that's the 10 best ways to live your life. Now, this is for adults as well. And if, if the adult, if you want to think about it, that's absolutely fine. I'll let you know when we do it with the children what their responses have been, because that's always interesting. So every lesson has materials. And hopefully they're looking at the materials and not at the person telling the story. And we don't read the story, we have to learn it. We have to learn it and be able, I mean the stories are all well known, but there are some pieces of the story that you've maybe forgotten about and that's quite useful to add that in. 
Okay, so that's godly play. Now you can look it up on the internet or whatever and see for yourself. And there is a whole number of different lessons. And we are, uh, Linda and I are in the position now of choosing which ones we will do up to the end of the year. Okay, thank you. Thank you, thank you Irene. <laughs> As St George's, aren't we really blessed with the work that people are doing with the young folk in teaching them the Christian message in words and in actions? And I think a big thank you to everyone who's involved in the Lighthouse Club and here at Cossyside on a Sunday morning. And I find it interesting that the hymn we're going to sing shortly is I to the hills will lift mine eyes and both Moira and Irene refer to hills. I didn't know that when I chose that hymn and put it in there. God works. But thank you both for sharing that with us. It's been really interesting and obviously if any of you feel you want to know more, please speak to Maureen, to Moira or Irene or volunteer to help them out. But thank you very much. Now, in terms of thanks, I received, or well, I was forwarded the following letter from Renfrewshire Food Bank, which says, please pass on my thanks to the members of Paisley St George's Church for their generosity to Renfrewshire Food Bank with their incredible collection and cash donation. The collection weighed 71.39 kilograms. And you're going, well, why are they telling me that? But apparently that equates to 170 meals. So it weighs about the same as a fairly average man and equates to feeding, putting 170 meals on tables. And the letter goes on to say, it's support like yours that enables us to relieve the immediate threat of hunger while also providing support to help people out of poverty. This past year, we've increased the help we give to include support with gas and electricity. We also provide a fresh pack containing bread eggs and fruit and vegetables in, additional, in addition to our non-perishable pack of food. Thank you again for your kindness. Yours sincerely, Crystal Clayton. So we had a wonderful response last Sunday, so thank you all very much. Half went to Women's Aid and half to the Food Bank. The other intimations, next Sunday we will celebrate the Sacrament of Holy Communion at morning worship. And the Kirk session is called to meet next Sunday at 10.30 a.m. In Irene, which hall does the, do you use for godly play? Or are you on next Sunday? Right, so the session could meet in the big hall. That's fine. And finally, it is with sadness that I intimate the death of Jack Niven. And I would ask that you would please keep Linda and Kenny and the rest of Jack's family in your prayers in the days and weeks to come. And now we'll stand to sing hymn 81, I to the hills will lift mine eyes, hymn, hymn 81, Psalm 121, that's what I was about to say.
We turn now to scripture and our readings this morning will be read by Jan. Good morning. Our first reading this morning is from the book of Genesis, chapter 1, verses 26 to 31. And this morning I'm reading from the New International Version. Then God said, let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals, and over all the creatures that move along, along the ground. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. Then God said, I give you every seed-bearing plant on the face of the whole earth and every tree that has fruit with seed in it. They will be yours for food. And to all the beasts of the earth and all the birds in the sky and all the creatures that move along the ground, everything that has breath of life in it, I give every green plant for food. And it was so. God saw all that he had made, and it was very good. And there was evening, and there was morning, the sixth day. And now we turn to our gospel reading, which comes this morning from Matthew, chapter 25, verses 31 to 46. When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, he will sit on his glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate the people one from another, as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will put the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in, or needing clothes and close you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? The king will reply, truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. Then he will say to those on his left, depart from me, you who are cursed into the eternal fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. But I was hungry and you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger and you didn't invite me in. I needed clothes and you didn't clothe me. I was sick and in prison and you didn't look after me. They also will answer, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or needing clothes or sick or in prison and didn't help you? He will reply, truly, I tell you, whatever you didn't do for one of the least of these, you did not do for me. Then they will go away to eternal punishment but the righteous to eternal life. Amen, and may God bless to our understanding these readings from his holy word. Thank you, Jan. We continue in our worship with hymn 724, Christ's is the world in which we move, hymn 724. 
May this year, the General Assembly asked that today be marked as Safeguarding Sunday. Safeguarding is a vital part of the work of the Church of Scotland. At the core of our beliefs must be the great commandment of Jesus Christ. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind. And love your neighbour as yourself. For everyone is precious to God. Everyone is loved by God. And from this basic tenet of our faith, we in the Church of Scotland seek to ensure a safe church for all. In its most narrow sense, safeguarding is about protecting children and adults at risk in or known to church congregations. And I thought I would share with you some facts about safeguarding. The Church of Scotland Safeguarding Service also provides support to the Boys Brigade, Girls Brigade and the United Reformed Churches in Scotland. Training is provided to everyone who needs it by over 80 Presbytery appointed volunteer trainers throughout the church. Every congregation has at least one safeguarding coordinator who is supported by a safeguarding panel. And this is a good time to flag up that if you don't already know, our coordinator is Jean Urie and her details are available from the notice boards in both church buildings. Congregation Safeguarding Panel is made up of at least three people, including the Safeguarding Coordinator. Now, safeguarding is so important to the Church of Scotland that it is a standing item, it's a standing agenda item at all Kirk Session and Presbytery meetings. And this means that every time that we meet together as a Kirk Session, we are reminded of the importance of safeguarding. A previous criminal conviction does not automatically bar you from working for or volunteering in the Church of Scotland. And the Church is into the 21st century because there's a safeguarding service section on the website where all the information and forms that a congregation might need can be found. But safeguarding is not only about child protection, it's about ensuring that all members of the Church and community are safe, are safe from all forms of harm, physical, emotional, psychological, sexual, financial and spiritual. Spiritual abuse can be committed by those in positions of power within any religion or denomination, but it can also be committed by others, for example, family and friends through using religious texts, beliefs and practices to exert control and influence. And then just one or two wee bits of statistics. One in three women will experience domestic abuse or sexual violence in their lifetime. Look around here. How many women are here? One in three will experience domestic abuse or sexual violence. Two or three years ago, the Domestic Abuse Act criminalised controlling and coercive behaviour. In 2020, more than three quarters of children aged nine to 10 in Scotland owned a mobile phone. And the fastest growing category of child abuse in the UK is self-generated child sexual abuse. 
where a child is encouraged to live stream themselves carrying out sexual acts. These are some of the facts and statistics shared by the Central Church. And as a congregation, we need to be aware of what's happening in the world and the risks that people may be exposed to. Good safeguarding is about this, and it's about more than all of this. It's about working together to enable every church and every member to play their part in ensuring and creating and maintaining a safe environment for all so that the dignity of each and every person is respected. It's about being informed about different forms of harm and abuse and how to respond appropriately. It's about making it clear that any harm or abuse is unacceptable. That's what safeguarding is all about. But safeguarding, safeguarding is rooted in God, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. For this church, the Church of Scotland, is a Trinitarian church. In other words, we believe in one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, or, if you like, Creator, Redeemer, and Sustainer. Last week, we celebrated Harvest Thanksgiving, and we focused to a great extent on creation. And our reading this morning was about creation, for God is the one who creates the earth and human beings. As we sang, God is the never-sleeping safeguarder who holds us when we fall. God is our creator, our father, the ultimate perfect father. For we sang of God never sleeping, always watching over us. But God, God is much more than that. God is also in Christ, found in the most vulnerable people in society. In the gospel passage that Jan read for us, Jesus spoke the words, I was hungry and you fed me, thirsty and you gave me a drink. I was a stranger and you received me in your homes, naked and you clothed me, in prison and you visited me. And Jesus is then asked quite bluntly, when did we ever see you like this? When did we ever help you like this? And Jesus replied, whenever you did this for one of the least important of these brothers of mine, you did it for me. So in this reply, Jesus is identifying himself with all who are in need. And he makes it plain that when we help the most vulnerable, the weakest in society, then we are serving Jesus. And all of this passage followed on and is bookmarked, if you like, from Jesus' teaching about the judgment, about separating the sheep from the goats. Now, judgment is an unpopular concept today. And social media rightly will call out those who fat shame and so on. Judgment's seen as a very negative thing, and we are more used to being told not to judge. So maybe the idea of God or Jesus as judge is a little bit abhorrent to many. But today's reading tells us that we are judged, not by others, maybe not even by God, but we are judged by our own actions or lack of them. In the course of our lives, we determine which side of the divide we will be on by our attitude to other people. Jesus simply points out the inevitable. How we treat others should mark us out as Christians, as followers of Jesus Christ. God, 
God has created us and God has entrusted so much care for the world and for others to, uh, to us. So as we welcome people into this building, we all, each one of us, has a responsibility for each other. And it's been a long 18 months when so many things were put on hold, when so many restrictions were in place to keep us safe from COVID. Now, now the church buildings are opening up and we're welcoming more and more people back into the building. The youth organisations are mainly back. The Guild meets for the first time tomorrow evening. So now, as we're welcoming folk back into this building, back into what we sometimes refer to in Scotland as the body of the kirk, if you like, you know that lovely phrase. This is a good time to remind ourselves of what we are called to do. To love one another. To love one another. And on this Safeguarding Sunday, to commit ourselves to strive to work together to ensure a safe church for all. To pray for our Safeguarding Coordinator and all those working with children and vulnerable adults. To respect the processes and boundaries that are in place to protect everyone. And to support people in our church who have been abused or hurt. All this, all this we do in Jesus' name. Amen. We continue in our worship by singing once again from St George's Praise, or as it's labelled Stowbray Praise, number two, a new commandment that I give to you. Number two, a new commandment that I give to you is to love one another as I have loved you. And now, as the choir sings the anthem, our offerings will be brought forward.
Thank you, choir, and thank you, Alan. And now let's dedicate our offerings. Let's pray. Grant us, Lord God, a vision of your world as your love would have it, a world where the weak are protected and none go hungry or poor, a world where the riches of creation are shared and everyone can enjoy them, a world where different races and cultures live in harmony and mutual respect, a world where peace is built with justice and justice is guided by love. Give us the inspiration and courage to build it and may our offerings of money, time and talents be used to build the world you want for all of us. We ask this through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. And now we bring before God our prayers for others. And in this prayer, there will be times of silence threaded through the prayers. Times of silence for you to fill or for God to fill. Let's pray. Ever-loving God, Jesus was personification of compassion, for he saw and understood each person he met. As we pray for ourselves and those around us, help us to become more compassionate, better able to respond in love to each person we meet. Lord, we hold before you all who are ill, at home, in hospital, those who are awaiting test results, those who are undergoing treatment, and those who are recuperating. We remember all who are bereaved and missing the companionship of a beloved spouse, parent, child, friend. We remember a time when we were scared by the actions of someone else and pray for every victim and survivor of abuse, bullying and coercion. We think of the women and girls in our lives whom we know and love and pray for the too many who face domestic violence or sexual assault, but we pray too for the male victims of abuse. And as we pray for victims, we pray too for the perpetrators of abuse. We remember how our mistake had an impact on another person 
and pray for ex-offenders who desperately want to make a new life for themselves. We call to mind those who love us deeply, all who nurtured and cared for us at different times in our lives, holding them in our hearts with thanksgiving. We call to mind those who have taught us well particularly those who encouraged us in faith and wisdom, holding them in our hearts with thanksgiving. We call to mind those who tenderly challenge us, who hold us to account and call us to work for justice, holding them in our hearts with thanksgiving. And as we give you thanks for our personal journeys of safety and growth, we pause to acknowledge with gratitude the many people we do not know who work hard to ensure a safe church for all. We give thanks for the professionalism of our safeguarding service, the dedication of the many trainers and coordinators across the church, and all who give their time to improve the lives of the most vulnerable. And we give thanks for the people in our own congregation who work hard on our behalf to keep us all safe. Lord, we live in a world which is not perfect, but one which you created and saw was very good. And so there is much in our hearts and minds, much that we have spoken and much that we have left unsaid. And we humbly ask you to hear all our prayers this day, whatever they may be. Hear them and hold them tenderly, for we offer them in the power of the Holy Spirit and the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. We close this morning's service of worship by singing hymn number 470, Jesus shall reign where'er the sun, hymn number 470.
the next steps in the journey of life, may you remember the image of God within you. May you know the protection of God beside you. And may you see the person of Christ in all whom you meet. And may the blessing of our holy God, creator, Christ and spirit, rest upon you, upon all whom you love and all whom you struggle to love, this day and always.